Hey guys, Ian here with another episode of Unleash and Unhinged, the podcast where we talk about all things dog. Dog training, dog behaviour, dog health, literally anything you can think about when it comes to dogs, we'll talk about on here. We hope you enjoy the episode. I'll introduce this episode uh, firstly by saying sorry because we forgot to hit record and before we started talking. In a minute, you're going to hear the conversation already unfolding. But what we're talking about is the qu- we asked the question: Should overstimulated dogs be in the dog park? And we're not talking about happy dogs necessarily. You know, like we're not talking about the dogs that are just happy-go-lucky. We're talking about overstimulated dogs. So dogs that aren't picking up social cues from other dogs, dogs that are taking things too far. And so, yeah, we, we will dive right into it. And we've got Dom talking about a situation that she'd actually experienced that day. And we'll just take it from there. Arise, arousal spikes to an uncontrollable level. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're not talking about dogs that just get overexcited. No, so she, the pupils dilate, she jumps, she's her extremely hypervigilant, hyper, I can't speak, it's Wednesday, hypervigilant, um, her body movements is, she's very rigid but um, jolty mm-hmm. in everything that she does, uh, sudden changes in environment she reacts to, not responds yeah, there's a big difference. Big difference between the two. Um, and when she interacts with another dog, it's not a conversation. She's yelling at them. Yep. Uh, which can turn into scuffles and fights, mm-hmm. which with a dog like that, her ability to read the room um is just not there. So she's not taking in the information that the other dog is giving her. She's reacting to it dependent on where her predominance is of what her reaction is. So some dogs, when they react, they just bark and lunge. Yeah. Other dogs, when they bark, when they react, they go straight in for an attack, Mm -hmm. uh, which unfortunately was hers. So if a dog... So I'll give you an example. Uh, she was playing with other dogs, running around at 100 miles an hour. Another dog, a playful Grudel, played out and barked at her to yep. instigate play. Yeah. She went for it. Oh. Completely, like that. Completely disproportionate, inappropriate. Totally way. disproportionate. Wasn't even engaged in that dog. So there was no, she, she didn't not see it coming and the Grudel didn't, just come up in her face. The griddle was a couple of metres away. Play bowed. She was looking not directly at the dog, but obviously spotted it in her peripheral, went it, and to bring her away from it took a long time. So she didn't recover or reset. Her focus was still on that. So all of her energy and her brain um, focus was on this dog. Yeah, right. So, okay, we see that example a lot, don't we? And I'm going to just go back to this, like what that means for the, 
like the, what, the fundamental things of like why that we don't think that dog should be in a dog park. That overstimulated, over massively overstimulated dog shouldn't be in a dog park. And the real basic reasons are one, she's in a situation that she's clearly communicating she's not comfortable. Otherwise, her behaviour will be more proportional and rational, and there wouldn't be aggression. So she's compromised. So the dog, it's not in the dog's best interest to be there. But there's also the like the knock-on effect of what her being there then has to other individuals, because it's going to then take out the enjoyment of anybody else in the vicinity. So all the other dogs are then compromised, because her behaviour, if not, if, if she's not physically injuring them, then she's mentally injuring them. Because just being around that, it's like, that is hard work. And she's clearly unstable. There's no fluidity in her movement. No. So when she's interacting with other dogs, it's erratic and she doesn't pick up on the cues. So she's, you know, a ping pong ball, ping pong ball that's been thrown in a small box. Mm. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Which, you know, internally that's her, her heart rate would be thumping. Yeah. Her nervous system would be at its tether. Yeah. And her brain isn't able to focus, so she'll be going here, 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 here. Well, let's pull, let's go into that for a second because you said it a minute ago, but let's unpack it a bit more. She's reacting, not responding. Yep. So that the difference there, you know, again, really simple way of looking at it is that she's not even choosing her response. You know, she's not making a decision. Like things are, things are happening to her and she is completely reactive to that. It's not a choice that she's making to respond the way she is, which tells us that the brain is overstimulated. And that term, overstimulation, right? And we'll probably normalise it a bit too much, but the key word is over. <laughs> she's overstimulated. She's in a position where she's overstimulated. For me, when I see dogs like her, they, I equate it to being under attack. Mm. They are in a form of survival mode yeah. because of all of the adrenaline and the cortisol that is going through their system. Because her, if, if someone was chasing me and my life was under attack or at risk, that's how I would behave. Well, your, your, your nervous, nervous system responds that way because it feels like it has to. Exactly. And the point to which this particular dog and other dogs that you see often in dog parks mm. is the same thing and they're the ones that caregivers will say but they need to be socialized <laughs> but they need to be socialized yeah they've got too much energy yeah yeah they attacked a dog out of nowhere yeah yeah and all of those things that well no no let's not bracket that because one, yes, they do need to be socialised, but you need to understand what socialising is. And that's not yep. for today, but that throwing them in the deep end is not healthy socialisation for anyone, let alone that dog. Mm -hmm. They probably don't have an excess of energy. You're probably looking at agitated and stressed behaviours that can look very similar, the symptoms of which can look very similar to excess of energy. But it's, and yeah, exactly. Because exactly. when you tell, because my conversation with the caregiver has been in terms of what to do moving forward mm. with, with this dog. First of all, we need to, we, we to socialise her properly. Secondly, uh, 
you will not be taking her to that particular dog, or you will not be taking her to the dog park. Mm. Um, of which it was, but she has a lot of energy. Border Collie cross Kelpie. Yeah, see that that's why we've talked so much in the past about how much how important language is, right? Because as soon as yeah. you misidentify with that dog, saying using language, descriptive language of that dog, she, she's got energy, she's got excess energy. That takes you down a narrative and a path of missing, misdiagnosing and then mistreatment. Because that dog, if she had been given the appropriate label, like she's overwhelmed easily or she's sensitive mm. or she gets overstimulated, you go down a different path of treatment because you're trying to change a different thing. Yeah, but what they see now is, and again, it's mislabeled and misunderstood for, for what presents in front of them, mm. is the harness and leader presented. Mm. She starts to lose her mind. Yeah. Excitement. Yeah, mislabeled excitement. She pulls, literally drags them to the park, super excited to go. Yeah. Happy. Yeah, she wants to go there. Wants to go, uh, gets to the dog park, runs up and greets everyone. Bloody hell. Yep. Social. Yeah. She's super social, super energetic. Really happy to go for a walk. Yeah. And just doesn't stop. Yeah. Just because we brought the harness out and the dog loses its shit doesn't mean necessarily that they're happy. You are probably just looking at a physical reaction to a stimulus, and that's an increase in heart rate and probably some sort of facial expression that is so often mislabeled as a smile, but it's when those creases come between the cheeks and the eyes and the mouth goes really wide. We go, look how happy the dog is. I look at that, you probably look at that and go, that's a stress face. Mm. And that narrative, because if I see it, I go, oh great, I'm gonna move faster because look how much fun you're having. And then I have, I literally have just got a little fire in front of me and I've just put rocket fuel on it. Mm. And it's a pretty fast way to fuck your dog up. <laughs> it is though, isn't it? it like, Instead, because if you if you actually go, you know what, you're overstimulated right now. You go, I'm not fanning those flames like that. I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to slow down. I'm going to, and this this bit this the next bit is the if if you're looking to know what the difference is, it's coherence, mm. right? Because if I'm going, hey mate, can you stop for a second? Can you sit down? And the dog goes, yeah, sure. You probably are looking at a really happy dog. Yeah, no, that wasn't ever going to happen with this dog. But it's, but it's also, you know, once that, that harness and the lead is presented, because there is that continuation of that association for her, that triggers that emotional response, yeah. right? Or the emotions which then trigger, trigger your adrenaline and, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. So that's where they're, see, they're seeing the excitement. Yeah. So her prediction of what is about to come. Yeah. So if you think of something that might scare you, you know, jumping in, in the ocean, or oh, there could be a shark, that's going to make me worried. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to present in particular behaviours. Yeah. So she's learned over time. Yeah, because it's, you know, the, she, the harness comes out, she does the, has the reaction, they put the harness on, they just keep stacking and stacking and stacking until it becomes the predictable pattern. This is what we do in this situation. Mm. And the only way you're ever going to change that is if you change your own behavior so that you can change your prediction yeah but, and as well as change what the association of that is I mean if you're yeah. thinking about you know a dog going for a walk um, for her every time she leaves that house 
that's what she does mm. every time. <laughs> um, which, because you know, they, they, and you always hear that the other thing is, oh, they're perfect and so calm at home. They're exhausted. Yeah, adrenal fatigue's real. Yeah. So understanding it from both the dog and the human's perspective, but more from the humans of what they actually see. Yeah. And things that we hear often is dog super social says hi to everyone. Yeah. Like the dogs that go to the dog park and jump on every single person. Yeah. They love everyone. Yeah, that language again, isn't it? It's like, how do we identify with that dog? I they just love everybody. Like, mm. but are they listening to it? Because that dog, friendly doesn't mean social, right? That dog that legs it up to everybody and gets in everybody's space is, I've said it before and I'll say it again, is the guy on the street giving out free hugs, not wearing a sign. He's not fucking welcome. <laughs> and he's not well. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Like you don't have the average, because you don't have someone who, you know, there are people who love to hug. Yeah. You know, I met someone you know on, on at the course on Saturday who just, hi Dom, how are you? And she hugged me. Yeah. But there was first, hi Dom, how are you? Yeah. Not, she didn't come up from behind me and, and wrap her arms around me. Yeah. There was a bit of a, there was a, a conversation, a start of a conversation or an introduction. Yeah. Whereas, you know, these dogs running around and we see it more and more often, not just in dog parks, but also, you know, on lead. Mm. Like I'm looking after a client's dog today and walking in an on lead area and I saw a woman walking towards me with this very excited Cocker Spaniel on the end of the lead. Yeah. So I'm trying to create space for, for the dog I was looking after. She walked straight to me. Yeah. So we had to jump up onto a sandstone fence because me going, okay, buddy, we're going over this way. wasn't clear enough. Yeah. That little dog is, so if we think about where do these things come from, that little dog is learning that this is how I get to the next person, say hi. Yeah. And... That, I'm not asking, I'm just going to hug you. Yeah, well, that's it. And that, that state of arousal, by the time they get there, and this is, so, going back to the original kind of thing around, like, should the overstimulated dog be in a dog park? That conversation is so, going to be so fucked. Like, storming into my face and expecting it to go well is very naive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get out of my space, mate. And that's me being really polite. And... It just, going back to it, it ruins, it, it ruins that dog's day. It ruins that, like, the other dog that has just had somebody abruptly get in their space. It's just going to ruin their day. And if you've got a low, st- low resilience to, to stress, it can really ruin their day. Mm. If you've got a, and just because if that dog's got a high resilience to stress and they just brush it off, it still shouldn't be their problem. But long term, the only real loser is your dog. Because they keep getting negative experiences, negative conversations with other dogs. So they go up to the other dog, really excited, and the other dog goes, mate, you're a dick, get away. Mm. And he, that dog will go, oh, no, dogs don't like me. And over time, this is where that hit the bike out of nowhere comes in. This is the time this dog's learning. Other dogs hate me. Other dogs hate me. I don't trust other dogs. Don't like other dogs. Oh, no, fuck other dogs. I'm going to attack other dogs. Mm. And it just builds over time. It didn't come out of nowhere. It's because it's just this conversation that's been allowed to happen over and over again because that dog's been set up to fail over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> In a nutshell. 
rant. <laughs> well, I think, look, I think it's important to, to discuss this sort of stuff because it's such a common problem. Yeah. You see it all over social media. It's always well My dog was attacked out of nowhere by this dog. You know, it seemed really friendly or, you know, I thought my my dog wanted to go up and say hello to this dog. Then out of nowhere, mm. they, they lunged and bit them. It's not out of nowhere. No. You know, if we... As you mentioned, if we're looking at the conversations these dogs are having throughout, obviously we not every dog we know where they came from. We don't get to see them when they're with breeders. So we don't have 100% of an idea mm. ever what their social learning history is. Yeah. But also there's a lot of the time when they're in our care that we don't actually pay any attention. People... And this is not a blanket of everyone that takes their dog to a dog park. No. But, you know, when we take dogs to the dog park, or if we do, we need to be advocating for our dogs, but watching them as well. It's like, it'd be like people taking their kids to a playground and turning their back. Yeah. And you might get away with it once or twice. But if there's, if your kid is the bully, <laughs> then, then, and you know that your dog is being obnoxious and it's not being obnoxious that's, that's a really not the right way of terming it but it is being off offensive mm. to other dogs and its own well-being is being compromised turning your back on it in that moment is the worst thing you can do like just letting it get on with it and it is we understand right that it is well intentioned it is with the intention of trying to socialise them and that misinformation around what socialising is and that's not what we're going to talk about today. No. <laughs> because we've talked about it until we're blue in the teeth and we've got courses on it. Go and watch the course. It's very <laughs> good. <laughs> but that misinformation of what socialising is is ultimately then what holds people back from being able to set the dog up to succeed in the first place. Mm. So, say again, go and watch the course. <laughs> but it's you know learning to understand who your dog is yeah you know seeing a dog even with the working breeds when people say oh yeah they're a working breed they're running around like a spastic <coughs> please for god's sake watch some watch some dogs in actual herding yeah watch a border collie well, the border collies don't run around like no. spanners they are very focused there's more stalking than running with Kelpies, it is watching movement and they are watching what the handler tells them as well as the tiny little movements that the herds make. They are not running around crazily. Ask a farmer what happens to a dog that just runs around like an idiot. Unfortunately, I don't think they last long. No, they get the gun. It's because it's they're just not right in the head. And they've got, farmers have got zero tolerance for it because they've got, they're, they're expensive. Yeah. For their sheep, they're going to hurt livestock. They're going to cause harm. Mm. And they farm doesn't understand that the dog is struggling mentally, but they see it from the sheep point of view and their livelihood point of view. Mm. And they go, this is not appropriate. They, they got that bit right, but they didn't look after the dog. Mm. <laughs> but that's the difference between a working dog and a, and a pet dog at the end of the day, isn't it? Like we get dogs to bring them into our lives to be the caregivers and for companionship. Now, yes, we need to look at, we do need to look after their fundamental instincts and needs, but we ain't gonna give them the gun. <laughs> no, but it's also, you know, it is understanding the breed that you have, but really understanding the breed that you have. Yeah. So just saying, oh, I have a working breed, so therefore I must 
run the ass out, ass out of it or I need to see them so on the border of death exhausted before I take them home. Not only is that really a um, that's not only a disservice to the dog. It's working breeds in general. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. That could be a whole nother podcast. Well, it should be. And on that note, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Great time to wrap up. <laughs> Thank you very much, folks. Bye, guys. We will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for this week, guys. If you ever want to ask questions, give feedback, or just provide some suggestions regarding the podcast, find me on Ian Shivers Dog Advocate on Instagram. I'll be happy to help. If you're feeling really generous, leave us a review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this podcast on. And if you want to nerd out more with us, then find our sponsors because they're the ones that make all of this possible. See you next week. This episode has been sponsored by Bono Behaviorist. Bono Behaviorist is a Sydney-based dog training and behavior company. I found it back in 2015. We've got a small but dedicated team of dog trainers and behavior consultants. We've helped over 4,000 people at this point with everything in between, helping people set up their new lives with their puppy or adopted dog, to working with people that have come to us to help them with dog training and behavior concerns. For more information, go to bondobehaviorist.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook at Bondo Behaviorist.